This is On Target, a look at politics, crime, education, what's happening in Newfoundland and Labrador with the people who know. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station. And now your On Target host, Linda Swain. And good afternoon, everyone. Well, the theme was change is in the air as the provincial government brought down its 2022 budget back in April. And, well, there has been an awful lot of change this year. The projected deficit in the spring, $351 million, an increase in borrowing over the previous year to $2.7 billion, and a projected return to surplus by 2026-27. But by the fall fiscal update, things were looking dramatic different. Thanks in large part to a huge increase in oil and gas prices in October, the province was reporting a surplus of 475 uh, $79 million. That prompted the provincial government to share the wealth and provide residents struggling with increased inflation with a $500 cost of living benefit that went over out over a week or so ago. Uh, most people have it by now. Anyway, so here to discuss the year that was and what we might expect next year is Finance Minister Siobhan Cody. Hello. Hello, Linda. So good to hear your voice. So what was behind the big turnaround? Well, a few things. We, as you as you indicated when in your opening, we've really been focusing on change and improvement in the provincial fiscal situation, as well as improving and modernizing and transforming government. And so this year, there's been a few things that happened that are very very positive. We have a strategic plan, as I've mentioned to you before, to really balance our budget, decrease our debt, and lower our cost of borrowing. Coupled with that, we had some good revenue increases. So if you look at our our budget of 22-23, uh, we were able to increase our revenues um, by about $1.33 billion. So it's a lot of new revenues, mostly due, as you indicated, to offshore royalties. We've had some improvement to corporate income tax and personal income tax. And that is coming out of the pandemic, of course, and having stronger uh, indicators in the economy. So, you know, the the combination of being really uh, transforming government, being very fiscally responsible and prudent and setting ourselves on that path, uh, combined with an increase in revenue really worked well. And as you indicated, we're set for a surplus this year. Whether that we can have, you know, we had projected next year to be about a $300 million deficit. Whether we can, we're right in the middle of the budgeting process right now, whether we can hold a surplus, but we are heading towards that. We're heading towards balancing our budgets in the province, and that's really critical as we really start to decrease our debt and lower our cost of borrowing, because we spend, Linda, about a billion dollars a year just servicing our debt, not paying it down, just paying the interest on it. So if we can cut that down, that frees up money to put back in, you know, into services and programs for the people of the province. So where is the overall debt right now? We are actually lower than we had projected. We had anticipated that our net debt would be about $17.05 billion. We're down to $16.04 billion. So a reduction of $1.01 billion from the original budget. Again, we've done three things this year that I think are really critical and important to the people of the province. 
because we had that additional revenue. We were able to lower uh, the amount we were borrowing and therefore impacting our debt, overall debt. We did that, as I said, by about just over a billion dollars, which when you look at a 4% interest rate, you can see how much that would cost us about $40 million a year if we had if we had actually uh, had to borrow that money. So really a good savings there. So that's we helped with the debt. That's the past. We helped with the present. We were able to, as you indicated in your opening remarks, we were able to help people with the cost of living this year. We spent, oh, almost uh, $450 million helping the people of the province. Things like, a, you know, an increase in the income supplement, an increase in the uh, seniors' benefit. We were able to inc- increase income support. We were able to lower, we have one of the lowest gas taxes now in the country. We were able to provide um, a home heat supplement. We were able to provide a cost of living uh, check for people in the province, about 400 100,000 people are receiving about $500. So we were really able to help people today. So we helped the past, we helped today, and the future. We've set up now what's called the Future Fund. We've, we're going to contribute $157 million to the newly established Future Fund. And what that is, basically, is we're, we've, we know we all have non-renewable resources. Oil, for example, mining, all non-renewable. Once you, once you use it up... It's gone. And so what we've been able to do is take a percent of the non-renewable revenues that we receive, and we're putting it in a special fund called the Future Fund. And we're able to do two things right now with that fund. Hold on to it so that we can make investments into the future or pay it down on debt, and again, saving the money, and that's that's important to the people of the province, and especially future generations. So those three things, helping the past, helping the present, helping the future, are very important and very strategic this year. That sets Newfoundland and Labrador up on a, you know, a stronger, a stronger course. You know, I, I keep talking about having that stronger, smarter, self-sufficient, sustainable Newfoundland and Labrador, and that's the plan of how we're going to get there. You mentioned you were able to lower borrowing, but of course interest rates are uh, rising all the time. Is that impacting uh, borrowing costs? We're very... um, we, We watch the markets continuously. So yes, we've seen the the price of, 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 of borrowing rise, but overall we've been able to hold um, we've been able to hold pretty much steady uh, the interest rate across uh, across the whole portfolio. Um, we are we just borrowed, for example, money on the markets just over four percent, which a month ago would have been five percent. So we've been able to really watch the markets and 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 put our bonds on the market at the most opportune moment. The other thing, Linda, that, you know, is part of our strategic plan, we're also opening up our bonds to the world. Right now, we sell our bonds in the Canadian market. Uh, we're now setting up a process where we'll be able to sell our bonds uh, both in Europe and in, in next year, we're going to open it up into the United States as well. So that gets us, you know, that really helps us to focus on that interest rate and making sure we keep that as low as possible on our bonds. So while we're seeing overall in the short term, um, rates increasing, we're seeing in the longer term, we're able to to hold the line at a a fairly decent rate. 
In terms of the future fund, you $157 million put aside this year. You say it's a percentage of non-renewable revenue. Is that going to be the same percentage moving forward, or will it depend on what the revenue is? How will that work? Just exactly what you said. It depends on, on the revenue received. So the, so we set up this future fund, and we're, we're looking at how much revenue we receive. We'll base it on the year previous uh, uh, results, uh, results uh, from uh, public accounts. And uh, we'll we'll base the amount on what those results are. So it's a it's a sliding scale of percent of how much would go, would go to the future fund. This year it would would have been 107 million based on the resource royalties received in 21-22. Um, plus we put in an additional amount of 50 million dollars. So we base it on what non-renewable resource revenue we receive, and we have a sliding scale that we publish in regulation um, and that would have been 107 million plus we were able because we had a a really strong financial year. We put an additional fifty million aside um, to to uh, help in the future fund, and that money stays in that fund for ten years. No one can touch it for ten years. The only way you can touch it in those ten years is to pay down debt, or if we have something, uh, you know, I'm going to call it catastrophic, like we had a. Uh, pandemic again you you would be able to uh, to access the funds if need be under that those circumstances that that's pretty extraordinary so i don't think that'll uh, that'll happen but you could pay it down on debt lowering our costs of borrowing or you hold it for 10 years government can't touch it for 10 years and uh, put that aside for future generations you know, because I think that was a big uh, question mark that a lot of people had. They were wondering, you know, is this just going to become a slush fund? Well, no, it can't be, because in the next 10 years, it has to be held. So in 10 years' time, a government could say when the money is built up. Now, let's say we were able to put $157 million in for the next 10 years. That would be $1.5 billion. So in 10 years' time, if the government of the day uh, decides that they're going to take some of that money and invest it in a, in a project here in Newfoundland and Labrador, let's just say it's a transition project. You want you want to you're you're greening your economy and you want to you want to invest it in it. They'd have to go to the legislature anyway as part of the budgetary process. Our guest today on On Target, the final On Target of the year, by the way, is uh, Finance Minister Siobhan Cody. We'll be back right after this. Weekdays on VOCM, it's Open Line with your host, Patty Daly. Join the conversation each morning from 9 a.m. to noon on your VOCM. We get people talking. And we're back. Our guest today on On Target is Finance Minister Siobhan Cody. And uh, Siobhan, you were talking about some of the things that have made 2022 uh, kind of extraordinary in terms of uh, revenue. Do you expect that trend to continue into 2023? Well, we're already seeing um, oil pricing coming down. And so I don't anticipate it to be extraordinary year like we had this year in terms of oil pricing. Having said that, no one predicted what happened in oil pricing this year. So uh, we use 11 different forecasters to determine, you know, where the price of oil may be. We take those 11 forecasters. We take the, you know, the bottom and we eliminate the bottom. We eliminate the top and keep the middle. So that, you know, that's the projection. How we project oil price. 
prices. You know, last year, if, I, if memory serves me, it's we roughly thought it would be around 70 plus this year. Uh, it's probably $80 at the moment. So, you know, it might it might give us a little bit of a bump, but it won't give us the bump that we had seen uh, this year for sure. The corporate income taxes and personal income taxes are interesting. We've seen now the last couple of years they've been higher. Whether that continues, uh, we use we base our numbers on the federal government and their projections. And they, you know, the, with every province this year had higher than uh, the federal government projected. So, you know, in terms of revenues, I think our economy is is fairly fairly strong. You're seeing some uh, good uh, good uh, economic indicators. We performed well in 2022. Our unemployment rate, for example, is the lowest it's been since 1976. Um, back in September, it was um, I think it was 8.2%. So you're seeing some good economic indicators, but you're also hearing globally uh, about the possibility of a recession. So that'll have some impact on revenues, whether that happens globally and whether or not we see any, you know, any big bump here in the province is yet to be seen. But, you know, we'll, we'll be really prudent in our forecasting. But I am very pleased to see, as I said, that economic strength in the economy, um, our population growth, for example, we've we've just marked the fifth consecutive quarter of growth for the province. We've had the largest gain um, since 1976 in the t- in, in terms of the number of people. I think it's increased by about 55, just over 5,500 people in the province, and that's good population growth. So really pleased to see that. And all of those things helped, of course, um, you know, with our revenues, with our growth in the economy, and with the opportunities here in the province. So I think, you know, We've seen now Moody's and uh, Standard & Poor's Global and DBRS uh, actually indicate and confirm a stable outlook for the province's uh, credit rating, and I think it's because we've had good economic growth, really good um, fiscal up, you know, fiscal numbers this year. We've been really responsible in terms of you know balancing our budget, decreasing our debt, and lowering our cost of borrowing. So all those combined are very important. As as we move into 2023, so you know our budget will be, uh, you know, sometime uh, sometime after March, um, and we'll we'll have a good sense then how, how the global economy and how the provincial economy are faring. Are we poised to weather a possible recession if that should come? Well, you know. <sighs> Yes, I think we're in a we're in a better position now than we have been. We still want to make sure that we're really focused on our uh, focused on balancing the budget and focused on decreasing debt because that frees up money for us into the future. We uh, I think we have a a really uh, we're very resilient people here in Newfoundland and Labrador. We say that a lot, but we really really are. Um, we we we're, we understand um, we understand global forces and impacts but we also seem to fare well when the uh, when there's strong headwinds so we'll, we're going to continue to really focus on making sure we provide the services and, 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 and the requirements of the people of the province while also transforming how and modernizing how we provide government services 
you know, you've seen a lot of uh, change, as you as you indicated up front, and improvement, and we're going to continue to see that in the years to come. Um, I think that we will do well if the if the global economy does suffer a recession. I, I see some strength in our economy. I see growth in our population. I see the fact that we've been able to pay down some debt. That we've been able to address our budgetary uh, our budgetary concerns. So all those are important factors to how uh, strong we are uh, going into uh, going into those headwinds. Uh, despite all of that, and uh, 2022, of course, was a study in contradic- contradictions, the relatively good fiscal situation that we are seeing ourselves in provincially and economically, individual people are hurting. Groceries, fuel, everyday goods and services, mortgages all up, way up in some cases, and people are really feeling the pinch. The one-time cost of living benefit went out a few weeks ago. Is the province considering a repeat if circumstances remain the same? Well, certainly in uh, 22, we 22-23 fiscal year, we've been able to provide almost 450 million dollars in both short and long-term, uh, you know, cost of living investments for the people of the province. As you said, it's been a challenging year because of the, because of global circumstances and and supply chain issues. So, the, as you said, you know, cost of cost of living has gone up, cost of groceries has gone up. So, this kinds of things that we've been able to do some long-term things, you know, increase the income supplement by 10%, increase the seniors benefit by 10%. We've lowered the uh, the cost of childcare. It goes down to $10 a day in uh, in January of 23. Remember, you know, when I, I, I remember two years ago when we announced uh, a decrease in the cost of childcare, it was almost $35 a day. So that, you know, those things are very important for families. You know, I, I have a friend who has three small children. She was paying almost $100 a day in childcare expense. Now that's going to be $30 a day for her. So that's freeing up money for people. We've been able to, um, you know, expand the bus pass program. And, I, you know, that's important for our seniors, for example, uh, who are receiving guaranteed income supplements. So those are some of the longer term. But some of the short term things, we've reduced, um, uh, you know, our, our gas tax. We have one of the lowest gas taxes in the country now. I think only Alberta's lower. Um, that's been helpful. That that has been extended to the end of March. We've um, we've done a um, elimination of the 15% retail sales tax on home insurance. That's helping people when they renew their home insurance. That you know that not having that retail sales tax on it is very important. Uh, we've been able to provide a home heating supplement. Those that have that have used oil in their homes for example and we've been able to uh, to provide $500 between $200 and $500 depending on your income um but $500 for those uh, under um, under 150 or less uh, so i mean that's been helpful can we continue to, to provide that? Well, that'll depend, of course, on the year ahead and, and our financial situation. Uh, we'll certainly look to do what we can to help people. We're seeing some easing in the price of oil. Um, you know, we, we've seen the oil uh, oil prices come down. I, I think I indicated about $80 a barrel. They were up well over 100 at, 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 at some points during this year. So having that come down, of course, will help to ease 
um, will help to ease the cost of living. We're seeing that now. I think in, in Canada we're around 6%. We're expecting that to come lower again. But we're also doing things to help people with the transition uh, from oil, uh, things like people, uh, you know, people who are transitioning from oil to electricity. We're giving them uh, funding, uh, I think it's $5,000, to help them transition from oil to electricity. Um, and and uh, we've increased, for example, minimum wage uh, is continuing to go up. So, you know, there's a balance across all the economy uh, and, and, uh, and of a full spectrum of supports out there, some that are longer term, some that are transition, and some that are short term. We'll revisit all of those for the 2023-24 budget and see uh, what we can possibly do as we go forward. But hopefully we're seeing some, you know, pretty good indications that the uh, that you know the cost of living is starting to come down which uh, is essential for people you mentioned the home heat subsidy, and for a lot of people, uh, that was a bit of a, a, a you know, a quite, there were questions surrounding that because a lot of people were upset that it only covers oil heat. What about electric, which is, which is not cheap? Well, we've been able to subsidize electricity, as you know. We would have had this. We would have seen with Muskrat Falls the doubling of electricity rates. So we're stable. We've stabilized electricity rates, which is critically important. And we've been able to provide that uh, cost of living re- relief of up to five hundred dollars for residents of the province. About four hundred thousand uh, checks have been processed to date, um, and so there's you know four hundred thousand Newfoundlanders and Labrador would have received up to $500 to assist them with the cost of living, which would include the electricity. And But remember, we're holding the line on electricity, uh, in, despite the fact that we have Muskrat Falls to pay for. Interest rates continuing their climb, although some say it could level out in the next little while. Are you concerned about the impact, especially if people start losing their homes? Oh, my goodness, that would be horrific if uh, if that were to happen. Um, you know, we're, interest rates are rising. We're seeing that. That is helping to bring – that is what the central banks are doing to uh, help bring the cost of inflation under control. We're still seeing indications from the central banks that, that may, there, there may be other increases. Hopefully, people have planned – um, have, have have been planning for increases. You got to remember that electric, uh, sorry, rates uh, today for interest are still, you know, relatively low compared to you know compared to where they were even ten years ago. So, you know, hopefully people have planned well for their mortgages and their and their and their vehicles and their other expenses that they have, and that they are able to manage within the within that budget. Uh, and uh, and and fixed rate mortgages and and variable mortgage mortgage rates will continue to uh, will continue to I think stay relatively low even though they're higher than where they were and it's substantially higher to where they were during the pandemic. Carbon tax, of course, uh, is going up despite the protests of the provincial government. It's going to have an impact on residents when it increases this summer. Is the province considering some type of relief measure to help? Well, certainly the the carbon tax, as you know, up until uh, this year, we will have the we had an agreement with the federal government they would not impose carbon tax 
on a number of measures, specifically home heat, but also the, the fishing industry and the agriculture and, and some offshore exploration. Um, now we're hearing from the federal government that they will be imposing it on home heat. And with that change, um, the, the federal government will be giving a rebate uh, to the people of the province, similar to other, uh, other jurisdictions across the country. So there will be some uh, rebate given to the people of the province now that the federal government will be imposing carbon tax on the home heat. And perhaps the least popular tax introduced in some time, the so-called sugar tax or the sugar-sweetened beverage tax. Some see it as a yet another tax on the poor, and it came at a time when just about everyone is struggling with rising costs. Are you comfortable with that tax? I think it's an important indicator. Newfoundland and Labrador has one of the worst health outcomes in the country. We, you know, we have the highest rates of diabetes, the highest rates of heart disease, the highest rates of ca- of cancer in the country, and this government has set a very important uh, goal to become a much healthier province, and we want to be one of the, you know, a, you know, a, a healthiest provinces by 2031. That's been that's our goal, our 10-year goal. In order to achieve that, we we are having to put a lot of things in place. For example, we've implemented the fiscal activity tax credit. Uh, you, you, you get a, a tax credit back when you sign up your kids for soccer and for hockey or if you're going to the gym or uh, being involved in any type of, type of activity. We see that as very important to your overall health. One of the other things we've done, as with 50 other countries in the world, we've implemented a sugar-sweetened beverage tax. That's to say it's your choice. If you want to drink sugar in, your, in a soft drink, you're, you're certainly, uh, it's certainly available to you. There's a tax put on that. If you decide to drink a non-sugar-sweetened beverage, there's no tax. And that is to try and drive choice to the non-sugar-sweetened beverages. And I can tell you that, you know, the 50 jurisdictions that we've looked at around the world, um, most of them have had success in in lowering the uh, consumption of sugar-sweetened beverages. Think of it this way. If you you have a 500-mil soft drink, there's about 17 teaspoons of sugar in that, 17. So it's a lot of sugar to consume. And you have a choice. You can you can choose to drink the sugar-sweetened, or you can choose to drink a non-sugar-sweetened, and that will not have any tax. But it's all about how do we improve the health outcomes of the province. And it's, you know, it's multifaceted, multifaceted. I've just given you a few examples. Our guest today on On Target is Finance Minister Siobhan Cody. We'll be back right after this. Join us for On Target, one hour in which Linda Swain examines topics that mean the most to you. On Target, weekday afternoons at 1 on your VOCM. And we're back. Our guest today on On Target, Finance Minister Siobhan Cody. And Siobhan, of course, the province recently conducted a review of its assets. Uh, When can we expect to see some action on the Rothschilds report? Well, you know, we have a lot of assets in the province of Newfoundland and Labrador, and, and, and we're glad to—I I know the people of the province are glad to have them. We, we've worked very hard to accumulate them. Um, the Rothschild—
child report has been in the hands of government. We're doing a full review of that report, considering any changes that we may or may not want to make, and making sure that we're we're doing all the diligence that is required. Um, and so I, I would think that we'll we'll continue to do that. And if uh, when as circumstances change, as we want to start to consider other things, we'll certainly uh, we'll certainly advise the people of the province and and tell them some of the thinking behind this. But at this point in time, we're still doing the diligence to make sure that we're doing everything that we need to do to make the right decisions. I think that's what's important here. Is the sale of assets, though, a given or or even a possibility? I wouldn't say it's a given. It is a possibility. I mean, we, we, that's the whole idea here. It was the first time the, uh, you know, any government has really delved into what assets do we have in the province? Are they serving us well? Do we, you know, is there a way that we can do better with them? Are there things that we should be doing? So it's, it's you know, it's very comprehensive. It's important to the people of the province that someone is looking at this in depth and in detail and making some of those uh, those decisions decisions as we move forward. Some of those assets, of course, more successful than others. NLC, for instance, continues to do well. NLC does continue to do well. It's a very well-managed uh, corporation, and it provides approximately $200 million a year uh, in dividends uh, to the people of the province. So it is a it is a good contributor to our bottom line, certainly, and it is a, you know, a well-run company. But it was some time ago that uh, the government announced that it was looking at a, a, what was it, a market survey? I can't remember how it was said, but uh, uh, towards Marble Mountain. Is that an asset that could be sold? Well, it's certainly something that, um, you know, Marble Mountain is a beautiful asset. I know the, you know, the people of, uh, of Corner Brook and area, indeed all of Newfoundland and Labrador have enjoyed time on Marble Mountain. And I know that they're looking to make that a year-round facility with zip lining and other, you know, mountain biking and things of that nature. It's an important asset to, uh, to the people of the problem, especially important for tourism. Whether or not the government of Newfoundland and Labrador on behalf of the people should be running that is a you know I think that we've tr- we, we've looked to see if there's anybody else that could uh, that could certainly run that in the, in an effective way um, and that's the, you know that's the kind of thinking that we need to have you know is it is, is it best provided uh, by government or is there a, is there another organization that could uh, that could make that um, that could make that asset do even better than it is today. And it's certainly a beautiful asset. Privatization was a, a buzzword being used a lot uh, in recent years, but we haven't heard a lot about it lately. But there appears to be this movement towards perhaps privatizing some services. And I know another uh, thing that's being probed right now is a, a, a market survey for the intra-provincial ferry service. Uh, where are we with that process and, and um, whether or not uh, we can find another way to do things that we've always done? I like the way you term that another way and maybe a better way of how we're doing services. Uh, we have gone out uh, to the marketplace uh, to to determine what the needs of the communities are. Are there other ways that we could provide ferry service? We spend a tremendous amount of money every year in providing ferry service uh, in the province. Are there you know are there um, you know social uh, are there are there other ways of providing that service? Social enterprise, community enterprise, 
um, you know, private enterprise? Are there other ways that we could provide that service that would get a better service for the people of the province? And, uh, you know, we, we have gone out. We have asked people what their considerations are. That is under review. Um, you know, there there may be other ways of doing that, that that would provide better service. And that was what we uh, we've been uh, we've been undertaking that uh, that review. Maybe we are offering the best service that we possibly can, but it's always good to go out and say, is there another way? We often hear in Newfoundland and Labrador, I've been at this for a very long time, and I've seen it happen time and time again. You you get a big report, uh, some actions are taken, the report gets on a shelf, it starts collecting dust, and nothing's heard from it anymore. Green Report came out, very comprehensive document. Where are we with some of the re- recommendations made there, and uh, what are being implemented? Well, certainly the Green Report, as any report, informs government, and that's that's kind of critical that we have that, you know, broader strategic thinking, looking at what possibilities there are, how, you know, how is it best to move forward? You know, some things in the Green Report have been, have been undertaken. You would have seen in, in both uh, the 21 and 22 document, uh, budget documents in the speech itself in particular, uh, some of the transformations, modernizations that we have undertaken. For example, um, Newfoundland and Labrador uh, uh, education's um, education's uh, division is coming to within government. You've seen, for example, we've indicated that we're going to take the four health authorities and turn them into one health authorities. We've uh, we've changed the way that uh, Nalcor Nalcor is now within Hydro, so we were getting the streamlining, reducing the duplications there. So those, you know, those transformations, modernizations, you know, that the change the way we're we're providing service are very important and you'll see some of them in the green report you'll see some of them in the uh, in the health accord we're informed by those uh, by those reports we're informed by the people of the province when we go out for budget consultations for example we're we're informed by uh, the people of the province in in their way of thinking so we take we take the measures and the and the ideas and the and the uh, and the direction that we're receiving in those, and then we make decisions on behalf of the people of the province. More importantly, I suppose, are some of those changes saving money? That's important. I can tell you that, yes, some of them are saving money. If you are reducing duplication, I'll, I'll, I'll use an example. Uh, you know, if you have two payroll departments and you combine them into one, you should have efficiencies there. You should, have, you should be able to streamline some of the ways that you're doing things and be able to provide that service at a, at a, better, at a better cost. For example, with Nalcor going into Hydro, we saved $20 million dollars. Just that one move, $20 million. Now, there are lots of ways to invest that $20 million. Um, and so saving that money, ensuring the service is still there, that's critical. Ensuring that you still have, you know, you can still walk into your in your house and turn on electricity and everything runs smoothly is essential. But if you can save and, and make sure that you're, not, you're reducing duplication, streamlining the way you're doing things, certainly for the betterment of the people of the province. Take that $20 million and invest it elsewhere. In that streamlining of services, though, um, there's one of the mantras that uh, government has had is that no layoffs. So how do you streamline services without layoffs? And and what is the current um, relationship, I suppose, with the public service? 
Well, first of all, uh, allow me to say we have a, approximately 500 jobs available within government right now. So if we are moving people around within government, most of the, most of them find uh, you know uh, other other positions within government, sometimes even better positions within government. So there's lots of job opportunities within the provincial government. Indeed, across all of the uh, all of the economy in Newfoundland and Labrador. I just told you that we have one of the lowest unemployment rates since 1976. There's lots of lots of help wanted signs uh, uh, available. So, you know, while we may move people within the public service, um, they certainly have lots of opportunity within the, within the government. Uh, so we're, we're you know, as I said, we're looking for 500 people today. I will say the we've had a very I think productive, respectful, and good year uh, with our labor unions. We've uh, settled, as you know, with uh, NAEP. Uh, they've ratified their agreement, the Newfoundland and Labrador Association of Public and Private Employees. I have to say, we had a very uh, respectful. Um, you know, it was obviously a lot of difficult uh, topics and a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of uh, debate and discussion. But we had able to to you know finalize the agreement with the Newfoundland and Labrador Association of Public and, Pl- and Private Employees. We uh, we completed agreements with Newfoundland and Labrador Medical. Association, Newfoundland Labrador Dental Association. We were able to settle with uh, Newfoundland Labrador Teachers Association and Lab West. Um, you know, we, 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 with the Preven- uh, Professional Association of Residents of Newfoundland and Labrador. So we've come through a very strong, good year of discussions and agreements uh, in collective bargaining. We're looking for, we're now in negotiations with other public sector unions in the province. They're currently over, uh, underway. You know, I, I really... I really respect the opportunity to have informed uh, dialogue and debate and discussion and make improvements where we possibly can and uh, and seek you know see, uh, seek agreement uh, is is important and I I really want to say thank you to the uh, both uh, the, the the many many uh, unions and uh, and employee groups that we've been able to uh, to negotiate and bargain with this year. Uh, certainly, it's been a respectful and important year, and I look forward to a continued uh, respectful and important dialogue with uh, other public sector unions as we, as we continue through the process. Our guest today on On Target is Finance Minister Siobhan Cody. We'll be back right after this. Got plans for midnight? Bring your VOCM along with the best soundtrack for every night, anywhere. The VOCM All Night Show. Midnight on your VOCM. And we're back. Our guest today on this uh, last day before the Christmas holiday season for On Target is Finance Minister Siobhan Cody. And uh, Siobhan, uh, I don't need to tell you, the world is actively working towards shifting away from oil, yet we still still really heavily rely on oil revenue. How will the province fill that very big fiscal gap? Well, a a couple of things. We still have a very strong oil and gas sector here in the province. 
We have one of the lowest carbon uh, per barrel oils in the world. Um, I think it's very important as the world transitions to utilize that low carbon oil and replace some of the high carbon oil that's out there. And, and you know, we, we have a very strong environmental uh, process in uh, in Canada. And uh, I think it's uh, important that we'll continue to grow our offshore oil sector for, for some time to come. I mean, the world's not going to uh, eliminate oil in the next 50 years. So let's put the right oil on the world markets. And as you know, Equinor is moving forward uh, with considerations of sanctioning a project. And the, one of their big thrusts is lowering to perhaps one of the lowest carbon per barrels in the world, like low and continuing to lower the, that carbon. Now, how do we transition the economy? Uh, as we as we consider in the next 50 years uh, the removal of, of oil from, uh, from, from the world, what's going to happen to Newfoundland and Labrador, who has a big reliance on the revenues that come in from the offshore oil and gas? Well, we have a, a big transition, uh, you know, uh, coming through. We know that it won't stop tomorrow. We know the, you know, Hibernia and, and Hebron and uh, Terra Nova project starts up uh, again after Christmas. West White Rose is under development now. Equinor is inching towards um, its development process. So we we still have the reliance on that for for today. But we know what things like hydrogen. Who, who who would have thought 10 years ago that Newfoundland and Labrador would have 31 companies pursuing hydrogen development here in Newfoundland and Labrador? You know, our technology sector is booming. You've just heard, uh, you know, recently about uh, about the, uh, you know, a continued investment in the technology sector. You know, we know how important Verifin and Kraken and MISA are to our economy, and we're continuing to grow that, uh, that, that growth. We're continuing to see that growth in the technology sector. Sector. We've just had um, we've just had an investment in critical minerals, for example. We know that the world, as it transitions uh, to um, to less carbon, lowering the carbon, that the, some of these critical minerals, uh, you know, lithium and and uh, the rare earth minerals and uh, cobalt, for example, we have an offtake agreement between Valet and Tesla for, for the cobalt that's produced here in the province. And those critical minerals are, are so important, but the growth of the mining sector within Newfoundland and Labrador will help will continue to grow our economy. You know, this year we've had uh, what I'm going to call good investments in our economy. We've had, for example, capital investment is forecast to increase by about 5% this year, which is good because, you know, we're, we're continuing to grow our economy. Uh, through these capital investments, so you know we have a we're diversifying our economy. We're ensuring that we have um, you know different sectors of growth and uh, and supporting that growth as we transition away from oil. There's been this push lately towards uh, greater hydrogen production for export. Uh, will a royalty regime be set up for hydrogen? I would think that there will be uh, some financial indicators. I know uh, industry, energy, and technology is working with the Department of Finance now to develop 
how um, you know the contributions that the hydrogen industry would would provide to Newfoundland and Labrador. Remember to develop hydrogen, and it, as you indicated, it is for export at this point in time. Um, you know, it will take our wind, it'll take our water, um, it'll utilize our you know our land. So there will be some economic benefit back to the people of the province. And of course, the the biggest investment, uh, aside from um, paying down the debt, is of course healthcare. Uh, we've seen the trouble that we're continuing to deal with in healthcare. Will there be greater investments in healthcare into the coming year? Uh, I certainly will think that there will be. We're continuing to work through the investments required uh, because of the, you know, the uh, impact of the health accord and how we're going to transition health. I mean, I, I think we're in a, in a good position here in Newfoundland and Labrador because we have done the heavy lifting and the work of the health accord. And that's been very, you know, instructional really on how we're going to transform health. Some other provinces are not in that enviable position of having the, the blueprint, the plan um, as to how how to transition health. So I think we're, we're really in a good position here in Newfoundland and Labrador. Certainly we've put hundreds of millions of dollars more in health care over the last number of years, and I, I can see that continuing, as especially as we're transforming uh, some, of the, some of the ways we're, we're delivering health across the province. And of course, uh, the provinces, including Newfoundland and Labrador, continuing to put pressure, I suppose, on Ottawa to increase those federal health transfers. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when when healthcare uh, started in the country, uh, public healthcare started in the country. The federal government was a uh, basically a fifty-fifty partner with provinces in providing uh, funding for uh, healthcare provision. Now, you know we're. 25, 30% of our health care dollars come from the federal government. Now, I, you know, I know the, the Premier is working very hard with his colleagues across the country in discussions with the federal government uh, uh, how to increase their investment uh, uh, in, in health care across the country. And, you know, I'm, I'm, listening to the, I'm listening and engaged in the debate about, you know, making sure the outcomes, making sure the, uh, the, the, the dollar value, the amounts of money going into health care do help with the outcomes uh, required, and I think that's important. Um, but I'm certainly hopeful that the federal government will come forward to raise the amount that they are contributing to, uh, to the health care provision in this country to levels uh, probably not what we saw when we first started in, in the provision of public health care, but certainly higher than where they are today. Siobhan, finally, for our listeners, uh, any uh, final thoughts as we head into the uh, Christmas holiday season? Yeah, a few things. First of all, thank the people of the province uh, for their strength and resilience during the pandemic and then coming out with the cost of living. I know that they, uh, you know, everyone's got their uh, shoulder to the wheel and uh, making sure that we continue to have, uh, you know, the best of life here in Newfoundland and Labrador. I always talk about, you know, moving towards a stronger, smarter, self-sufficient, sustainable Newfoundland and Labrador. And I think that we're making really good progress. And I also, uh, Linda, want to recognize the public service employees. This has been, uh, you know, a, a, a year where we've seen, for example, just the, just getting out those 400,000 checks was a Herculean effort. They worked very, very hard. It was the highest number of checks ever, uh, ever run here in the province. 
Uh, they worked very hard to make sure that the people of the province had that, you know, cost of living relief before Christmas. And, you know, they're working hard on the, the home heat rebates and the, all the work that the, the public service does to provide uh, services and supports to the people of the province. I want to recognize them for that. And I want to thank you and, 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 and all your media colleagues for keeping people informed, engaged, and involved. Uh, you know, we're in this all together. And, uh, you know, I, I have to say I think things are, are uh, strengthening here in the province. I, I look towards the future with, uh, with, real, uh, with real hope. And, and um, I think that Newfoundland and Labrador is in a good place. Uh, we just have to, keep, uh, we have to keep working it like we always have. And uh, we're going to see some really good, bright days ahead. So I want to wish your listeners and yourself a very Merry Christmas. Christmas and a wonderful 2023. I'm hopeful that uh, next year will be uh, stronger and better than even this year was. Siobhan Cody, thank you for your time this afternoon. And um, again, a Merry Christmas to you and a very Happy New Year. Thank you, Linda. Great speaking with you as always. And that's it, our last on target for 2022. I want to wish all our listeners a very Merry Christmas, a happy holiday season, the best in the new year. We'll be back on January 3rd. And on behalf of uh, Dave Williams, I want to thank you very much, Dave, for doing a fabulous job producing the show, as always. Um, uh, All the best from us here at VOCM. Take care. Stay safe. Bye-bye for now.